Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. A future hope. Well, I'm inspired to talk about this tonight for a reason, and I know that. So it's called a future hope. Anybody else need our notes? You got them? Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit who gives us insight and understanding to your word. Teach us, train us, mold us so that we could conform to the very image of Jesus. May these words penetrate our very souls, not just be memorized, but become an active part of our lives. Father, we long to emulate the life of Christ on this earth as we deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him in this journey that we call life. Now, Father, we believe to receive insight, understanding, and revelation that all that we need to know and do in Jesus' precious name, amen. Let's look at a first, uh, few scriptures first of all. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now abides faith, hope, charity, or love. This is agape, the word for uh, agape. These three... But the greatest of these is charity. Okay, we understand that. Look at um, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, NIV version of the Bible. You should know the verse. Everybody talks about it. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for you to fail. Plans. (laughs) No, plans to do what? Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a, a hope and a future. Amen. So his plans for us are good. The enemy's plans for us are not too good. But I want you to see here, there's three words, powerful forces that we all need to be familiar with as we journey here in our Christian experience. Number one, faith. Number two, hope. And number three, love. And we understand faith without faith, you can't possibly please God, can't receive from God, you can't fight because we fight the good fight of faith. And there's a list of things that we cannot do without faith. So faith is essential. You can't be saved without it, for by grace are you saved through faith. So that's important, isn't it? But then also love is the commandment of the new covenant, isn't it? Absolutely. Everybody's to walk in love. And love even as he loved us. And so it's important that we do so. As a matter of fact, Romans tells us in chapter 13 that love is the fulfilling of the law. If there's any law, the Ten Commandments, love fulfills every one of those Ten Commandments. So if we walk in the realm of love, then we fulfill the commandments of God. But then also there is this third one. It's called hope. Hope. Hope is so important to us that sometimes it's overlooked. Look, when it comes to love, we understand that. And also Paul said, without love, no matter what you do, you're nothing. If love's not the motivating force behind our lives' activities, you can give your body to be burned. And guess what? You're still a nobody. It means nothing. It's meaningless. It doesn't profit you whatsoever. But now hope. Hope is so important to us. You know why? Because without hope, faith has nothing to give substance to. Hope is an important force and the life of every child of God. So we want to talk about a future hope. According to Webster, it's a desire for some good thing to happen with the belief it's attainable and achievable. For example, let's say you want to enter the Olympics and win a gold medal. You don't just sign up without practicing, without training, 
and doing what is necessary for you to achieve your goal. You want that goal. It's a hope that you might have, but you're going to have to work hard in order to achieve it. You see, it's often the distance future, and hope is a future tense force. You don't have it now, but you hope for it, and you'll use your faith to, to achieve it or to get it, and you're going to work hard along the way. But without hope, there's no dream to be fulfilled, right? You've got to have a blessed hope. It could be hope that you're going to get better, that you're going to get well. If you've lost hope, faith has nothing to give substance to. You know, last Sunday we were hoping that the Browns would win. Because on Saturday we lost all hope. We found out who we were playing, the, you know, the Buffalo Bills, and they were 6-2, and two, and we were 2-6 and six or something like that. But guess what? They came through. Yeah. Faith gave substance to their hope, I guess. I don't know. But there's a hope that you, you, you can't lose sight of that. Even though it looks like it's not going to happen. Hope is a future tense force that is important to all of our lives. You hope to be a doctor. You hope to be a lawyer. Or whatever your goal might be. That's the goal setter. Hope is the goal setter. This is what I long for. It's going to take faith to achieve it. But without hope, faith has nothing to give substance to whatsoever. And so hope is a powerful force. Biblically speaking, it is a motivating force that keeps us on track with God and motivates us to live godly here in this present age. Look at 1 John chapter 3 and verses 2 and 3. Beloved, now, not tomorrow, but now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be with him for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this what? The hope is to see him as he is and to be as he is. So the hope that we have in him, what does it cause us to do? Purifies himself even as he is pure. This hope which is a motivating force moves us to do what? Motivates us to do what? Get rid of anything and everything that would hinder our experiencing what he's talking about. We want to have the best resurrection. We want to experience the, the greatest degree of glory that we possibly can when we leave this realm and we go to the other side. And so what a person does, they're motivated to purify themselves. Not like somebody teach today, once you're saved, you're saved, doesn't matter how you live and what you do. That's not what the Bible teaches. It teaches that there should be a motivation for us to love him so much that we want to do everything we can to be like him while we're living here. And if we have that hope that we're looking for his coming again, we're motivated to do it. Now notice um, in Romans chapter 8, another hope that we all have, a very important hope. You know what? I do believe that Jesus is coming soon, don't you? And I realize we've been saying this for 2,000 years, but that doesn't matter. We're one day closer, and we'll be another day closer tomorrow, right? And of course, we want it to happen in our lifetime, don't we? Okay, but even if he didn't come in our lifetime, this is how we're supposed to live. We're supposed to occupy till he comes, because look at this. We know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together to now. All of creation is crying out for his coming again. And not only they, but all, ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit... Even we ourselves grown within ourselves. That's where the first fruits is on the inside of us. Waiting for the adoption to wit or to be made known. The redemption of our what? Our body. Aren't you glad your spirit's redeemed? Washed in the blood of the lamb. Made holy and pure. Okay, but the body 
This flesh of ours hasn't been dealt with yet. For we are saved by what? Wait a minute. What? Wait. I thought we were saved by grace through faith. He's talking about the body now. You see, there's a hope that we have inside of us. And what is that hope? But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then we do with patience wait for it. What's he talking about? The redemption of our body. This body of ours is not glorified yet. So what's our blessed hope? That one day this body will be glorified. And what are we motivated to do? Everything we can to see to it that we have a better resurrection. To live our lives in such a way so as to glorify God in this body. So that when this body is raised up, it's raised up in a glorified state. And we're longing for that. We're crying out for that. We're groaning for that. And I'm, I'm thinking about this too. If anybody can influence Jesus, it would be Andrew to come sooner. He's probably going to look over the banisters of heaven one day and just say, okay, I'm coming. I'm Andrew, I'm coming. Calm down. Earlier he just said, when I wake up, I don't want to wake up in bed. I want to wake up in heaven. Okay, we'll join you. And that's okay with us, right? That's okay with us. Absolutely. But we're not there yet. And our bodies are going to be glorified someday. And what does that mean? We're motivated to live our lives in such a way so as to honor God, knowing that this is going to happen down the road. It hasn't happened yet. The spirit, salvation is threefold. Your spirit's been born again. It's saved. Your soul is being saved by being renewed to the word of God. And number three, our body is going to be saved someday when Jesus comes in the clouds of glory. And if we're alive, we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye. If you're gone and your body's here on the earth, it's going to be raised up, praise God, and glorified. And so God is saying to our, our hearts, be ready. Look, this life is temporal. Praise God. We're not here forever. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verses 11 through 15. We're talking about the blessed hope of one day being glorified. But look at this. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, silver, precious stone, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest of what, or for that day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he had built thereupon, then he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So this is what lies ahead of us. This is the future hope that we have. We know that one day we are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. This is called the Bema or the Bema judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to get rewarded for the things we've done in our body. This has nothing to do with where we're spending our eternity. This has to do with the, how we're glorified, all the rewards that we receive. And if we built our lives upon gold, silver, and precious stone, then we're going to be rewarded. If... Uh, wood hay and stubble it's going to be burned up we're still saved but we're not going to have the greater degree of glory or the rewards that we're looking for so what he's talking about is this is in our future and it's something that we are striving for and living for and so when people just say well once you're saved you accept Christ that's all you do that's all there is to it that's not true you live your life in such a way knowing that this day is going to occur and we have a blessed hope of experiencing great things on the other side so we're not living in the temporal we're living in the eternal with the eternal mindset and so we're longing for that day look at first Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 and here it is we have a blessed hope 
a powerful motivation to continue serving God fervently every day of our lives, knowing this is going to happen. I would not have you to be ignorant. Brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For we believe, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, then even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep or who have died. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Those that believe that this is all there is to life have no hope and when they lose their loved ones they show it they have no idea will I ever see them again they have no clue as to where they're actually at they have no hope in this life if they think death has the final say sure I've seen many of them I've seen them jump on not even on the casket but in the body on top of the body crying and screaming not wanting to let go this was a neighbor of mine way back years ago and I saw I watched her her mother had passed and she was so overwhelmed with grief that before they could even shut the casket she jumped in grabbed her and did not want to let her go just crying out and screaming yelling as loud as she could that's sorrowing with no hope but I'm going to tell you this when you know that you know that you know and you have a blessed hope all she did was move all she did was graduate all she did was relocate she's in glory experiencing a better quality of life than we are on this planet so we rejoice in that okay those who believe that this has the final say have no motivation to live a godly life whatsoever and they have no hope of seeing their loved ones ever again and they have no hope of a glorified state for themselves and that's an awful place to be in look at this in first Thessalonians chapter 1 and verses uh, 2 and 3 we give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers remembering without ceasing now notice this your work of faith your labor of love notice the three forces again and what patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father notice how once again he puts those three words together faith hope faith love and hope but notice it's the patience of hope now we put patience faith and patience together all the time don't we faith by faith faith and patience we experience the promises we inherit the promises of God so they go together we understand that but too often we fail to put these two together hope and patience it's the patience of hope why because we can't achieve or receive or experience a glorified body while living on the earth if you want your body glorified you're going to heaven that's it you're not going to stay here you cannot have a residence here if you get a glorified body so even though you want it you're groaning for it you really don't at least not at this moment you still have a life to live you still have things to fulfill and to do but you understand this one day this body is going to be glorified and so you patiently hope for this to be a reality 
So patience is talking about you continue serving the Lord every day, staying steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So you continue doing it day in and day out, day in and day out, serving God, walking with God, honoring God, loving God, loving people, forgiving people, showing mercy, and so on and so forth. You continue on patiently doing that every single day, even though the storms of life are coming, even though the challenges of life are there surrounding you and all that. You understand that, you know that, but you don't get discouraged because you realize you're not just living for the moment, you're living for eternity. And your life is in the eternal perspective. And as a result, praise God, you keep on pressing on to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And how do you do it? By being patient in hope. Praise God. Look in the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Hope takes us beyond the here and now and points to future experiences in God after we leave this temporal life and realm that we're living in. This is what it does. There are some things on the other side, praise God, that we are going to experience and we want to experience these things. We're not just satisfied with where we're at and what we have now. There's another round, praise God, that, that just blows this round away. And look at it. That in the ages to come, now we think he's done great things and mighty things for us here and now, right? But in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. The exceeding. Can you imagine that if there's something exceeding? that goes above and beyond anything you and I can even think, ask for, or experience. And that's on the other side. We are living for that day. I don't know about you, but I long for the day that he puts on that show. Do you long for the day that he puts on that show? And I'll tell you what I want to be a part of that show is the defeat of the devil himself. I want to see how he destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil, that he came to undo, outdo, and overdo all the works of the enemy. Oh, I would like just, just have the whole gospel, praise God, just played out before us up on the mountain when all the blind, the deaf, the dumb, and the maimed were made whole right there and many others. And then Lazarus, I love to watch that Lazarus just come out from the grave, praise God. Wouldn't you love to watch that one? But that's just some things that we know about the Bible. But what about exceeding, about beyond all that, his, the exceeding greatness of his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Man, he's going to put on a show. Pass out the popcorn, praise God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So, here we have verse 17. If, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, that means just to live a life that's good here, we are all men most miserable. Why? Because if there's no resurrection, what did Paul go on to say? Eat, drink, and be merry. Sow your wild oats. Do what you want to do because when you die, you go back to the dust of the earth and you don't exist anymore. But he said, uh-uh, that's not how it is. You see, if that's all there is, you're miserable for living the way you're living. But there is a resurrection. And what is our hope? A resurrection body. A state of resurrection glory and power. We're looking for that. We're longing for that. We have a goal in mind. Now remember what Paul said? Look, these Olympians, what do they do? They practice and practice and exercise themselves and they 
put themselves in situations where they're giving themselves over to whatever they're practicing to win, whether it's a long distance race, a short distance race, whatever, they're exercising, they're keeping their body under, they're disciplining themselves and all that. He said, but what are they going to get? A prize that fades away with the using. It's going to be left behind here and have no meaning when they leave this realm of life. He said, but what are you striving for? What are we looking for? We're looking for a crown, praise God, in glory. A crown that will never, ever fade. Never lose its, its power in our lives. Thank God we're striving for that on the other side. This resurrection life that we're going to experience, if our hope only touches us now, we're miserable, but our hope goes well beyond this now in which we live in this temporal world. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 uh, through 18. For which cause we faint not, this is implying that we patiently hope for it. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Can you imagine a hundred years being a moment? It's but a moment. Works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Look at that expression. Weight of glory. You know the word glory actually means heavy or weight. That's what glory is. It's a weight. It's heavy. Notice that's why he said weight of glory. He could say weight of gold. It's working for us an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So, I weigh about 148 pounds. Anybody here weigh around 200? Would you have, rather have my weight of gold or his weight of gold? I'll take his any day over mine. You get the point? It's a weight of gold, and that's a whole lot more than what I could offer. But we understand there is an exceeding and eternal weight of glory that we're striving for. So in other words, the heaviness of the glory of God in our lives can be greater while we look not at things that are seen, but things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So we're looking at eternal things, and most importantly, an eternal weight of glory in our lives. We're striving for something that has tremendous meaning in our lives. And that's why we continue on daily, walking with God in the patience of hope, serving Him faithfully. Look at um, 1 Thessalonians, oh, no, I'm sorry, Colossians chapter 1. Look at verses 5, 23, and 27. Look at these verses, what they say. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Where's that hope? Laid up in heaven. Where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? It's the truth of the gospel. Look at the next one. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. And then verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of what? It's a hope that's laid up in heaven. It's a hope of the gospel. And it is the hope of glory. Every single one of us has all three of these. It's a hope for us laid up in heaven, praise God. You're crossing the finish line. You're not just getting a gold medal. You're crossing that finish line and you're receiving the ward of the eternal weight of glory in your life. Praise God. That's going to usher you into a resurrection life throughout eternity. And who knows? You might be ruler over some universe somewhere. I don't know what it's all about. You don't know what it's all about. But I do know this. Praise God. It has to be good. 
It has to be good. Can you imagine the day when you get a glorified body? You never say ouch ever again. Oh, my head. No, you'll never say it again. Never again. No flu. No pneumonia. No cancer. No, no toothache. Gee. None of that stuff is all gone away. You got a glorified body. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 8. Notice what Paul says. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of what? The hope. Notice all three of those words. The hope of salvation, faith, and love, like a breastplate protecting what? The very heart of the believer. But what's the hope of salvation protecting? It's a helmet. What's it protecting? The way we think. Our brains, our minds. You realize that's where the battlefield is? You know that's how Eve got deceived? Satan pointed her in a different direction from what God said and she fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Began to think those thoughts. Last Sunday we talked about thoughts and ways. That God's thoughts are higher than ours. That God's ways are higher than ours. And you got people like Noah thinking God's way. And you've got everybody around him thinking their way. Saying you are a lunatic for building an ark. There's never been a flood, etc., etc. He said, no, I, I understand that. But I'm going to line up my thinking with God's way of thinking. And he built an ark to the saving of his house. It's the hope of salvation. The way we think. How we process information. I want to do it God's way no matter what. I'm going to act the way God wants me to act. Live the way God wants me to live, etc., etc. Praise God. So he's wanting us to understand our need to be not earthly and temporal minded, but spiritually and eternally minded when it comes to the way we think. And that hope is the hope of salvation. Of one day this body being glorified. Us being ushered to the presence of Almighty God. And experiencing this resurrection life. We have it within but it's going to be in complete full manifestation. Remember, Adam lost its spirit, soul, and body in the very beginning. It's been restored, but now it's here in spirit, getting to our mind as we renew it to the word of God, but then it's going to get into our body. Praise God, our body one day is not going to ache. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 17 through 20. We're talking about hope, the power of hope in the life of the believer, a motivating force. That takes us down the right path, walking with God. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show under the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation to have fled for refuge to lay upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor for the soul. Be sure instead, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. This blessed hope takes us all the way to the throne of Almighty God. Think about that. Hallelujah. This hope is an anchor. What does an anchor do? Keeps us steady, grounded from moving. We're focused. We've got this zeal of God and we're not deviating from it in any way it's the hope of salvation man don't lose sight of that and so many they go back they walk away they drift away why they're drifting with the tide they're going with the flow of the world of the devil of the flesh and so they're drifting away from that they don't even realize it it's step by step one step at a time you ever go out into uh, the ocean 
and your family's right there in front of you. And then you're just looking around, walking around. Next thing you know, your family's over there. And you didn't even know it. Am I the only one that's ever experienced that? It's the tide. It's, it's, the, it's the pool. The pool, right? And what happens? You're, you've drifted all the way down here. Didn't even realize it. And then you got to get back over there where you were. It's the same thing. Paul said, in the latter days, some will fall away from the faith. Giving heed to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, forbidding to marry, etc., etc. Being deceived, but you see it's very subtle. It's one little step at a time. This falls off, that falls off. We don't pray as much, we don't study the word as much, etc., etc. We don't uh, use our faith as we should. We don't confess and declare the word as we should. Maybe we don't forgive like we should, etc., etc., etc. All those things, little by little by little, is what happens. We need soul anchored. And that's what the hope does. It anchors our soul. I'm striving for that. It's that high, the price of the high calling. Look at the next one. Titus 2, 11 through 15. This is Andrew's favorite scripture. Set of scriptures. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world or age, looking for that blessed hope. Looking. This is an active thing. I'm, I'm looking. Get up and start looking. Lift up your eyes. Your redemption's drawing nigh. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. So what are we supposed to be doing? Exactly what he said. I'm looking for his coming. We're looking for his appearing. We know he's coming in the clouds, but we're looking every single day. We're looking up for the blessed hope that we have in him, in his coming in the sky. Look at the um, uh, next one, 1 Peter 3, 15. And uh, what's the most important to know about eschatology, which is the end time events? Be ready. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Be, let's get motivated to be ready once again, to start putting things back into perspective and seeing to it that we are living this way actively right now. He can come in the morning, praise God. Okay, in 1 Peter chapter 3, 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That's reverential fear. What is in you? Hope. What is that hope? A glorified body, a resurrected state, experiencing the bliss of all the rewards of the, on the other side, the victor's crown of righteousness, the crown of glory, the soul winner's crown, and it goes on and on. See, we have a hope, and we're all striving for it, and this is the beauty of it. If you're running in the Olympics, you're running against and competing against other people. If you're playing a sport like football, you have a team on the other side that's against you. But guess what? When you're running the race in the Lord, it's just you. You're running the race. It's your race to run. You're not competing with anybody else. You're on the track and you're going forward. And guess who your helper is? Jesus, the Holy Spirit. All the powers of heaven are there to help you along the path. So let's be encouraged, praise God, to run our race with patience and look for that blessed hope. In Ephesians chapter 2, we're ready to answer any questions once again that anybody has about the hope that's in us and we let them know this is why we do what we do. This is why we live how we live. Sometimes people ask you, why do you go to church all the time? Why do you do this all the time? Well, because we have a hope on the inside of us 
And we're looking for that day to come. Okay? Ephesians chapter 2. Wherefore remember that in ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision. That just means Gentile and Jew. In the flesh made by hands that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel meaning, meaning you have no covenant with God. Strangers from the covenants of promise and having no hope. No hope and without God in the world. That is a horrible place to be. No hope and without God in the world. You know what's frightening about that? That was me one time. I didn't have God in my life at one time. I was without hope then and without God in the world. I thought I was okay and I thought wrong. You realize people are dying and being lost every day thinking that everything is okay. But they don't have that hope in them. Because they don't know Christ as their Savior and Lord. But praise God we do. And it's up to us to tell others. So without God they have no future hope. Except for what? An eternity in the lake of fire. What kind of a hope is that? That's not a blessed hope. That's a cursed thing. Wouldn't you say? So without God, without hope, praise God, in the world, they have nothing to look forward to. But you and I, praise God, we've got so much to look forward to. It goes beyond anything we can imagine. And finally, look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I quoted this earlier to us. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hope is the goal setter. What do you hope for? You hope for glory in a resurrected body in a glorified state? Absolutely. Then what are you doing? You're exercising your faith to walk with God to achieve that goal. What is your hope? You hope for healing in your body to manifest and praise God. You take that and you use your faith to achieve that by saying hope is the goal setter but faith, praise God, is the now. I release my faith and I believe I receive my healing and God is at work in my body making it every bit whole. I believe I receive that. I declare that I have it. I decree it, praise God, and I thank God for it. Faith gives substance to the hope. No hope, faith has nothing to give substance to at all. But thank God we have hope and we have faith. Let's take it to another level. You hope to see your loved one in glory? Do you really? And if you really do, what are you going to do? You're going to exercise patient, patience and hope. You're going to call that name out before the throne of God and you're not going to give up. Right, Dennis? What did your brother do today? <laughs> and this is someone who wouldn't overall, he's a twin, right? His twin brother, imagine this, over all these years, rejected Christ, rejected Christ, rejected Christ, but you didn't give up. You were patient in hope, believing that one day this man would open up his eyes by the power of God and see Christ as Savior and invite him into his heart. And here he is lying on his deathbed right now, who rejected all this all the time and thought everybody else was crazy and didn't want to have anything to do with it. But you didn't give up. You were patient in hope. You exercised your faith and what happened? He made Jesus Christ the Lord of his life today. Hallelujah. You will see him in glory. So without hope, faith has nothing to give substance to. And without love, faith cannot work. So in conclusion, remember the story of David and his son that he had died? And hope motivated him, even from the beginning of it all, when he died, to get up, motivated to go into the palace, change his clothes, go into the temple, pull out his harp, start playing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, going back to the palace, get himself something to eat, and going about his priestly or his kingly duties... 
Why? When he was asked, he said, because I can't bring him back to me, but I got to prepare myself to go and be with him. So his hope was that one day he would see his son again. It motivated him to live his life from that point on in such a way so as to honor God and glorify God because he longed for the day he would see his son again. He had this blessed hope in him and he used his faith to achieve it. He walked with God until it finally came to pass. His faith brought it into the, but right now he's experiencing it as a result. So let's close once again with Jeremiah 29, verse 11. He knows the plans he has for us. Says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end or to give you a future hope, as other translations tell us. What's his plan? Future hope. And that could be here during the now, here and now, during this time right now. But we know it's going to be on the other side in glory. So let's not live our lives just in the temporal perspective, earthly perspective, natural perspective. But let's live our lives in such a way so as to promote promote the eternal perspective, the hope that we have. Can you imagine sitting down with Noah? How long did it take you to build the ark, Noah? Inquiring minds want to know. Well, they know up there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What's it like to be in a burning fire furnace? And then see Jesus and you don't even burn. Your body didn't burn, but all the ropes burned. And you, have you ever been around a campfire? An outside campfire? What do you smell like when you walk away from it? Smoke. They came out without a smell of smoke on them at all. Imagine that. Oh, Moses, what was it like when you threw your rod down and it ate up all the snakes of the uh, Egyptian magicians? It's a powerful thing. Man, you saw 45 uh, tons of manna come down from heaven every single day. We're talking about people on the other side that walk with God and experience these wonderful things. 11 million gallons of water came out of a rock. No plumbing. But yet it just came out of the rock and this list goes on and on and on and on on the other side oh hallelujah there's so much for us to experience on the other side but you know what that's the blessed hope that we have that we strive for that someday we're going to be there and guess what soon and very soon we're on our way aren't we we're not getting any younger are we but you know how James said it's but a vapor that appears a little while then it vanishes away it's visible, invisible. You see the vapor, then it vanishes away. That's visible, invisible. The, the visible is temporal. It's short. The brevity of life, it's called. But the invisible, when it vanishes away, it's eternal. So where we spend that eternal destination depends on our belief. Who do we believe in? There's only one way, truth, and life. What's his name? Mm. We're going to follow him all the days of our life. Do you love him tonight? Are you encouraged to really rise up with hope in your heart to achieve what you're longing for. You want to be that doctor? Get your faith to work and bring that hope into reality. You know the most amazing thing that ever took place along this line? You think your dreams are shattered? And trust me, we experience a lot of things in this life. We could have shattered dreams. Can we not? Broken promises, shattered dreams and all that because the enemy throws this stuff our way. So does the world throw this stuff our way, right? In the Valley of Bones, you don't get worse than that. All you see is bones of those soldiers lying there 
in the desert. Scattered, I'm sure, by the wind and all that and the warfare that took place. You talk about shattered dreams. You talk about no hope. You talk about no expectations whatsoever because they're all, how can we even think about them coming to life? But God appears to Ezekiel and he says, can these bones live? Ezekiel, smart answer, you know. I don't know, you know. Speak to them. You know, we talk about the confession of faith, the declaration of faith. If God says speak to bones, guess what? You have a right to speak to bones. Speak to them. And he spoke. Every bone went to its own skeleton. Would you have loved? I can't wait to see that one on the screen. Okay. All these bones just came together. Oh, no, no. You got my femur. You, you got my femur. But you, oh, I'm sorry. Here. Uh, you know, all this happening right there. Can these bones live? Oh, you know. Speak to the wind again. Speak to the wind. The four quarters of the wind. And all of a sudden, all of their ashes go back together to where they were on their skeleton. And they all come back to life. Who can resurrect a broken dream except God like that? Who can bring life out of death? Only God can. Boy, have we limited the God of all creation, have we not? With doubt, with unbelief, surely we have. But praise God, let's keep on pressing on. Amen. Let's keep on believing God, having our hope restored. If all we did tonight was establish or maybe resurrect hope in us, then guess what? Start using your faith next. Because faith will give substance to the hope that is within you. On the other side in glory and while we live our lives here upon the earth. Can you say amen? Oh, let's all stand together before the Lord. Hallelujah.